Hey, Res Church, Pastor Daniel here with another Fireside Chat. And joining me today is Elder Don Van Sickle. Elder Don, say hi. Hello, everyone. How are you doing? How are you doing? How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Now, you have, I would call this a thing. You have a thing for motorcycles. <laughs> a little bit of a thing. Yeah. You have a thing for motorcycles. <laughs> yeah. Like, w- w- did you get into motorcycles when you were a kid? Was this an adolescent thing? I mean, where did that start? So, growing up in Montana, my dad always said that uh, uh, there's enough ways to die. You don't need a motorcycle. Okay, so, okay. So, I didn't even start riding motorcycles till about uh, 15 years ago. 15 years ago. Yeah. So, okay. that's when I started. Started out riding dirt bikes and then... Would we call that bikes. a midlife crisis? Is that... I don't know what I mean, it, it was. kind of the timing lines up. Yeah, a little bit, but yeah, it's been uh, it's it's just something I I have a lot of joy. It's good fellowship with other people. We go to the mountains and we ride on the pavement and on the dirt, going back and forth. And mm. my friend makes these amazing videos about our adventures. There's always <laughs> an adventure anytime we leave town. <laughs> awesome, yeah. awesome, very cool. Uh, we're in a, a series. Uh, with our fireside chats where we've been spending time talking to the elders about the res core values. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I wanted to spend a little bit of time today talking to you about our second value, which is growth. I'm going to, I'm going to read it to you real quick. It says this, we want to be urgent to grow, becoming more like Christ in gentleness and love while growing deeper in our study of and obedience to God and his word. Uh, when when you see that there, Don, why, why is growth something that is important enough to be at the very center of our church? Why, why, did, we, why did the elders have such conviction at that elder retreat so long ago uh, for, to, to, to really put growth in here at the center? Well, I think uh, what has happened in churches in America is people have become stagnant. They mm. just they attend, but they're not growing spiritually. And there's there's disciplines that allow us to grow, mm. but but mostly it's rooted in knowing the the word, better, yeah. being in the word, and being prepared to give an account for the joy that we have, and to do it with meekness and fear. And and but you can't really give a defense if you haven't really studied. So, you know, we believe in uh, in the Bible and what it says to be true. Right. And we should constantly be pursuing more knowledge and the ability to share that with other people. I, I've heard this many times before in various ways, uh, but I, I, it's, you know, it stuck with me throughout the years. And that is that uh, really the Christian life in and of itself and churches were meant to be rivers, not ponds. Right. And, you know, ponds just sort of collect water and they stagnate and they sit Mm -hmm. and you get algae and you get all sorts of interesting things, but rivers are always moving and so they're fresh. Uh, And you don't see the same level of sort of almost decay Mm -hmm. in them because they're constantly in motion. So we talked about the Kern River on a a previous podcast, but this this is a year of years and the the water levels are higher than they've been in, in decades, but... If you look at Lake Isabella, you have an inlet coming in, but it also has an outlet. So right. that, that sustains life and everything's fresh. It's not the pond and it runs into a river, but an inlet and an outlet are critical for, for life. Absolutely. And so one of the things we call out in this value is this idea that there's these two types of growth. There's a growth in 
I would call it, um, maybe let's call it a, a theological growth, right? Knowing more intellectual growth. Right. And then there's this growth in transformation. So right. it's it's life change or it's um, heart change. And, and we're saying not one or the other. We're saying it must be both. Right. Um, which one do you feel like you, you struggle with? Is it the intellectual stuff or is it the application stuff? It's the intellectual stuff, yeah. definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But, uh, but I, I've heard you share from, you know, in messages about how there has to be this balance, right, with love and truth. So mm. I think along with what we know, it's how we share that. And how much of it is, you know, a balance of truth mm -hmm. and love. Because you can't have one without the other to be effective. Yeah, it's due diligence. Even God himself, you know, is a loving God, but a just God. So there's a balance there. There is. And there's also, they're, they're beyond being a balance as if they're two competing things. The Bible uses analogies a lot of the body. And so we've used this same sort of term from... It comes from Hebrews and some other places of this idea that the the truth or the intellectual knowledge that you're 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 reading and learning about God has to uh, we would say metabolize mm -hmm. right it has to be digested it has to soak into you and enact change in you or you're not really absorbing it you're not really learning it in fact you could recite it right. But it hasn't had, if it hasn't had a change on you, then you haven't actually learned it. Uh, therefore, the idea of truth and love being interrelated, not just competing things that you have attention of, but but being interrelated is that it's that you've only really received the truth yourself if it has caused you to love more, right? If it's had that change. Yeah. Otherwise, you studied the truth, but you didn't really get it. And, and the book of James is clear about that, being doers of the word. You can know all about it and have this intellectual, but but if you're not doing it and if you're not sharing it in a way that with gentleness and respect, then it's, it's of no good. It's no good. Uh, we called out two, two things in here that were, we actually went back and forth on this a little as elders, gentleness and love. Gentleness being a thing that we, we really spent a little bit of time, like we're calling out love is the greatest of these. We know that. Mm -hmm. But but gentleness is a thing that while it is one of many fruit of the Spirit, it's also just listed again and again and again yeah. in the Bible. Yeah. And in fact, if you start looking for it, you'll realize it's listed a lot more than you think it is. Yeah. Uh, and in you know this day and age of sort of modern Christianity and social media and YouTube and the proliferation and just almost ubiquitousness of information and sermons and, and opinions it's like gentleness is the first thing we killed yeah this is the first victim it's gotta go gentleness yeah. has gotta go. i don't have time for that it's not <laughs> yeah. efficient enough yeah, yeah. we're uh, on a time i have 280 here. characters in my <laughs> tweet so gentleness is gonna have to go yeah. um but but in reality i think the more you look at gentleness the more you realize it's the one thing that i think jesus would say is indispensable yeah in the process um it's it's the prerequisite to being an elder. Mm -hmm. It's one of the qualifications yeah. for being an elder. Yeah. Uh, it is one of the uh, qualifications. It, I mean, we're all called to it. We're actually supposed to grow in it. And I, it's so personally, personally, it is my litmus test when I look at people 
that I would listen to. So, so maybe like a, like pastors online, you know, right. sermons I would go listen to, people that write commentaries, opinions, so on and so forth. If I'm evaluating a pastor, yeah. of course I want them to have good theology. I need them to have right theology. Yeah. But one of the big things that I'm, I'm looking at, there, there's a couple, but one of the big ones is have they in their ministry and even in their, in the public sphere grown in gentleness? Because if they're becoming less gentle over time, I actually want no part of whatever they're feeding on. Right. I, I want no part of that. Yeah. They're not maturing in the faith if they're becoming less gentle. Only people that are becoming sweeter and more gentle yeah. are people that are actually, I, I think, worthy of listening to because I know, well, man, look at God's been really maturing them over time. Uh, if I become a very mature saint in my 70s, 80s, 90s, and I get more bitter, I got a real problem. Yeah. How do you, Don, personally grow in the Lord right now? Like what are your what are your go-to disciplines or activities um, to ensure that you're growing in truth and in love? Yeah, so it's definitely being in the word. I've got other elders that are, uh, we're holding each other accountable to be in the word daily. You know, and just uh, and a desire to be more like Christ. I, and you talk about gentleness. I, just this morning, I'm reading in John 2, 3, and 4, and the contrast of events that take place there, from you know, turning over tables to a late-night discussion with Nicodemus to, to uh, a, a conversation where he had to go through Samaria to talk to this woman at the well. <laughs> but the gentleness with which he handles those conversations with a highly educated and the uh, the adulterous woman, to the point where, when when it was done, she dropped her water jugs and ran to town to tell everybody about mm-hmm. you know. But and he was pretty firm with her, but he was gentle. Very. And, and I think if if we if that's the bar that we set to be gentle that way, but be truthful and in love, it's a good balance. Absolutely, Elder Don, I appreciate your time today. Yeah. Thank you for stopping by. Uh, Church, we hope that this is uh, encouraging, edifying to you. We hope that you can hear our heart and our convictions as to why these are cultural values that uh, we believe are at the center of Resurrection Church. Uh, Until next time, may the Lord bless you.